You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Prenke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie, welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells Clone Wars Special Edition for the episodes Blue Shadow Virus and Mystery of a Thousand Moons. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky, back in the co-pilot hey, seat. Yes, I'm back. I'm well rested. Yeah. Uh, had a little vacation. It's nice to be back talking some Clone Wars SE. Even if we're talking about the blue shuttle virus, uh, we'll get <laughs> oh, through you, it. You know what I mean? You just you just nailed that. You you. I, I was gonna Jason, say, that's a kind of a lame attempt. <laughs> Jason Hunt is somewhere and he's like, "Curse you, cranky," because you're taking his shtick. Uh oh, no, no, kind of a feeble attempt, but that's okay. Um, yeah, it's I I could come back from vacation and I I listened to the last episode. And yeah. Special thanks to Paul for stepping in for me. Uh, but I, I heard at the very end, he was like, oh, I'm glad Matt's coming back for these two episodes. And yeah. Like, oh, gee, thanks, buddy. But no, we'll get to <laughs> these. It's all right. Um, but I have to say, uh, we're going to get into these episodes in a second here. Yep. But, Mike, I think that I will be buying you dinner at Galaxy's Edge yep. sometime next year. I, uh, so, um, I don't know. Get your menu ready. Here we go. Because... Solo is coming on home video in September. And that was your pick, September. Yeah. Mine was late August. Uh, digital, it comes out September 14th. And then I believe it's the 24th. It comes out on uh, 4K. Yeah. So, yes, you win. And here's what's crazy is like, it's kind of, it's a little surprising because uh, mm-hmm. Infinity War comes out in a, what, a week and a half yeah. at the end of July. But we're not getting solo until late September. It's like no, I, I no Infinity War is August fourteenth. I want to say or fifteenth or something like that. It's maybe for Blu-ray. It might oh, be yeah. It might yeah. be digital the week before that, but or so, two yeah, weeks. Yeah, because iTunes. Yeah, iTunes has it as uh, a week from Tuesday. So okay, yeah, yeah. So but yeah, because right. digital yeah. usually comes out two weeks early, right? So. I've gotten into a thing where, like, I buy the digital uh, on – I buy it on the PlayStation Store because I'm hooked into the PlayStation 
ecosystem. So that's like the best place for me to buy it. Watch it yeah. on some nice shiny high def on my TV at home and be able to watch it on my phone. Um, so I will purchase it. I'll probably pre-order it soon actually. Um, and, uh, and, and be ready to watch the special features and everything on the, uh, on the, the, is it the 14th? Is that what we said? Um, of, of September. I'm very excited yep. about that. And then I'll probably, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure which version I want. Cause, um, mm-hmm. I usually make my choice based on cover art. Um, and man, I still kick myself. And if anybody out there listening to this podcast has a, a line on uh, on a Target exclusive Rogue One. I didn't buy it when I should have, and I, I missed out on my chance, so I still don't own a physical copy of Rogue One, and I can't bring myself to buy just a regular edition because that um, the Target exclusive was the 3D Blu-ray, and, mm-hmm. uh, and the box itself is just really nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I try and get like I got Last Jedi, I got the Target exclusive for that. Um, with the Force Awakens, I waited for the 3D edition, which came out significantly later um, after uh, after the the initial Blu-ray release. I think the Blu-ray was like in April, and then the 3D Blu-ray was uh, was like September or something like that. Um, but I, I I'm not really feeling any of the the cover art that I've seen thus far for solo so i'm not really sure what i'm gonna do and i might actually hold off on picking it up on blu-ray until they do a version of it that i like um because i don't know because like if you're gonna buy the physical copy in my opinion it's like get get something that looks good on the shelf right but uh yeah i don't know i'm like i'll i'll be getting that digital day one so it's not a big deal i can hold out and wait for for the physical copy but like I got to have a physical copy of these movies on the shelf. So if anybody, if anybody out there, I uh, can help me hunt down, not like I can buy them off of eBay and, and pay, you know, $150 for a, for a Blu-ray. Um, and eventually I will probably break down and do that. I did with, um, with Dr. Strange. Cause I missed the 3d Blu-ray on that as well. I, 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 I waited too long on that and then had to end up, actually ordering it from the United States on from Best Buy and getting it shipped up here. It cost me an arm and a leg. It was crazy how expensive it ended up being. And then it got to me and, uh, and the package was damaged and, uh, it's impossible to find. So lucky me, I have a damaged package for that one. So annoying. Um, but yeah, like I, 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 if anybody can help me track that down for less than a hundred dollars Canadian, that would be awesome. Uh, I'll put that out to the community. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I, dude, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to have this movie on demand. Watch it yeah. whenever I feel like it. Because as the days and months go on, like Solo is in my top three Star Wars movies. Whoa, that's high praise right For there. For sure. Woo! For sure. It's like it's up there with like... Uh, and and you know how it is. It changes, right? It changes on. Oh, like, yeah. you know, some sometimes it's just your mood. But it was like Solo, The Force Awakens, and then like I don't know, like Return of the Jedi and A New Hope are like tied for third. It's so tough. I just saw A New Hope in uh, in concert 
um they're doing all these oh, like all over the place right. they do these like uh like a, your local symphony will do yeah like they'll orchestrate the movie to the video like to the to it being projected and uh it was awesome it was great yeah. we had we had such a good time at that and uh and it just man sitting and watching a new hope with that crowd uh with a crowd of a few hundred people um in a great venue in the orpheum in vancouver just a beautiful beautiful stage um listening to that live music two things occurred to me one audio technology has come a long way because listening to a live orchestra is almost indistinguishable from isn't it the blu-ray quality it's it's amazing um Mm -hmm. amazing on the side of like the like our home theater technology right uh the other side of it is i that movie is so good and i know like that's a silly thing to say on a star wars podcast but (laughs) man like just man star wars a new hope is such a great film it is so good there isn't like a single thing worth changing it's just um, I mean, okay, there is one thing worth changing in the Blu-ray edition. Maybe we could get rid of Obi Wan's ridiculous howling, yowling yodel, whatever yeah, that which is. Which one is it? There's so many different versions now. Um, I'd but go back to the special edition one because the special edition yeah. one is the is the crate dragon roar, and I like that. Yeah, I like that, that one. Too, that yeah. one makes sense to me. It's like, oh, he he somehow emulates the roar of a crate dragon yeah. and it scares off the the Tuscans. But just mm-hmm. a crazy old man just going. It's like, that's not, there's nothing. I don't know. Like if I were a Tuscan, I'd be like, shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, I, no. yeah, no, that movie is just beyond perfection. And so that's why I said like, it's, I don't know if feel like it's kind of edging out return of the Jedi for me at the moment. And usually return of the Jedi is my favorite, um, of the original trilogy. So yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Yeah. I've, you're talking about that concert thing, and, and I did uh, attend a Star Wars in concert uh, over here in Sacramento, and uh, it was it was it's been probably five or six years now. But man, mm-hmm. you're right though; it's it's amazing. This one actually had, uh, you know, they had like a display set up so you could look at props and stuff like that. That was, so that was di- that that was different, right? Like that was like the touring yeah. orchestra where like they it was the right. same orchestra from city to city. Um, like it was that orchestra was like moving around. This is right. like your local, like it was the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra for us. Oh, okay. And the same yeah. night that, or the same weekend, and I think the same night um, that it was happening in Vancouver, it was actually happening in Seattle as well with their orchestra um, mm. in Seattle. So like this one's a little bit different and you're actually watching the movie from start to finish as opposed to, oh, I remember okay. Star Wars in concert because I went to that as well. Um, yeah, it's just clips. Yeah. And that was like, yeah, they put together like montages and they had like medleys and stuff like that of different mm-hmm. pieces of music, which was also awesome. And I don't know, I was like, it was kind of a cool experience. And I'd love for them once um, once the sequel trilogy is done, I would love for them to do that again, because I would love to have some medleys that work in like the the um Ray's theme and and because there's that cool thing of like i if you remember when the force awakens came out people discovered that like you could overlay 
the 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 um not the force theme but like the the luke's theme like the when he's looking at the twin sons right like Uh that that star wars theme with ray's theme and they actually kind of like interwove with each other um and they're actually like written to like as companion pieces um so i would love to see an orchestra actually do that live that would be really cool so hopefully they hopefully they 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 do a, a stadium tour like that again in the future mm-hmm. and then on top of that the props are just awesome to see oh, in person yeah. so yeah. good but this was much more of like a like a local event um, okay but they do them all over That's the not... place so yeah well go yeah i think uh going back to as far as the the blu-ray though like mm-hmm. it's just uh this thing is chock full yes of of stuff i mean i'm not even going to go into everything you can you guys go to the rebel sales po- uh web uh, web page and you can check uh, it out it's on, actually it's on it's on star wars tsc i don't think oh, okay that, i don't TSC, think we have it posted right. on ours yeah it's on our facebook page too yeah. and yeah. uh yeah i mean it's just it's chock full of great stuff i'm looking forward to that and just you know 4k and and when that comes and so yeah it's it's going to be fantastic but I, again like i said you won the bet, man. I was—I really thought it was going to come out late August. I mean, it, seeing as as how quick the Infinity War was coming out, I thought, man, it should be you know roughly three or four weeks behind it. But uh, spacing out just a little bit. But like you said, it's just like, oh man, that seems like so far away. Yeah. September. We're on July right now. It's like, damn, we got a whole other month to get through. So anyway, um, that's uh, we finally got we finally got word. So yeah. it's uh, StarWars.com. So other than that. Um, Let's jump into the recap. Let's jump in. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, you know what? Let's let's do it. Let's get uh, let's get into it. It's time for the Rebel Cells Clone Wars Special Edition recap. Is it civilized? Uh, that depends on your definition of civilized. I'm enjoying this far too much. Alrighty, Blue Shadow Virus, directed by Giancarlo Volpe and written by Craig uh, Titley. Fear is a disease, hope is its only cure. Naboo security forces discover a small battle droid presence in the Naboo Plains. In a droid repair room, fragments of battle droids and a tactical droid recovered by security forces are under examination. Amidala finds it odd that the droid remains have such thick mud on them since they were supposedly found in the grasslands. The separatist tactical droid is temporarily reactivated and, at Padme's prompting, 3PO tries to fish out any information about the droid's assignment on Naboo. It utters something about a virus, specifically about a leak of a small amount of virus from a secret laboratory. Uh... Go ahead, Mike, and, and, and then we'll, sure. we'll get yours, yeah. and then we'll get to a big opening. Go ahead. Uh, at the same time, Jar Jar has been chasing a bright blue slug beetle that has crawled out of one of the battle droid shells and clumsily knocks over several shelves of spare parts. He explains that the, that the tasty slug beetle is one of his favorite delicacies, and it can only be found in one place on Naboo, under the Perlodi tree in the eastern swamps. The Naboo contact the Jedi Council, informing Yoda and Mace Windu of their discovery. Yoda agrees to dispatch two Jedi to investigate. Senator Amidala recommends Generals Skywalker and Kenobi. Yoda concurs. 
Padme is determined to locate the laboratory. I love it. I love how every time Padme is involved, it's like somebody yeah. goes, maybe uh, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan could maybe yeah. uh, be a part of this one. And then some, yeah. everybody's always like, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense because, you know, because they know Padme so well. And it's like nobody notices throughout this whole thing. I mean, like, I think that this is one of those storylines where Obi-Wan's starting to realize that something is going on between these two. Yeah. Um, Anakin does not do a very good job of hiding his feelings throughout these two episodes. Jeez, no. But uh, Jar Jar uh, screwing everything up, uh, but then accidentally saving the day as usual. Um, unfortunately, again, voiced by BJ Hughes, I think. Oh, yes, that's yeah. true. Yes. The, yeah. Just the not I mean, like, I, I don't know. I it always want to say like, it's not I'm not trying to be like hard on BJ Hughes, but man, he's no Ahmed best. And it, right. So yeah. we didn't we didn't talk about this a couple weeks ago. But uh, when Ahmed best sort of had posted about um like so that de- like he he got hit with some pretty hard depression suicidal thoughts right. and stuff like that uh because of the backlash from the phantom menace uh i tweeted at him uh to say like hey man i love jar jar I, he was yeah. f- like the first action figure that i bought from the phantom menace and uh it wasn't until people told me that i was supposed to dislike him that i even noticed there was something wrong um but i just want to say like think whatever you want to think about Jar Jar Binks about the character. Um, that performance is a great performance and I, it was revolutionary. It was groundbreaking. I mean like digital characters that would come along after that would be better, um, and better received like Gollum. Um, but man, it's star Wars. And you know that George Lucas got there first. And like, that is the thing. And I think like, that's probably the only major criticism I have of the newer movies is that I don't see where they're pushing the envelope with the new Mm -hmm. movies. Um, like, like the old movies did like, like the, the original trilogy and the prequels because George Lucas was all about it. Like with, with the original trilogy, obviously everything. And then with the prequels with, with, um, uh, Phantom Menace and Jar Jar being a, a purely digital character, along with Sebulba and all of the Gungans. I mean, uh, and and so many of the battle droids being digital, and so many great things moving the the technology forward there. And then Attack of the Clones uh, pushing digital projection um, and being shot on digital. And all of that. I mean, like, just a huge, revolutionary, groundbreaking thing that no one gives that movie credit for. So mm. many movies are shot on digital now, and and Attack of the Clones was one of the first. It was yeah. certainly the first big blockbuster movie to be shot uh, solely on digital. And uh, with both that and Revenge of the Sith, he basically forced theaters to upgrade their... Um, uh, oh, yeah. projection systems to digital sound. and yeah, it's yeah. made uh the movie going experience so much better um and and i know that there's people who would who would disagree with me and say that that um film projection is superior but i man 
I, I don't agree with that. I think that the digital sound is way better. And I think that when you get a good theater and somebody who actually knows what they're doing on the projector, it's kind of a bit of a lost art, but, um, when you get into a well-tuned theater and you watch a digital projection, it's way better. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, like I, anyways, going back to Jar Jar, I mean, like it is, it's a funny thing that a character that's so kind of despised, um, when you alter him and, and you've got somebody else doing the voice, it's, it's weird. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Cause then you, you take Ahmed best out of that role and it just, it doesn't work as well for me. And then you, you put him back in and it's like, you know, I, I later episodes that feature Jar Jar. I mean, those ones from the, the, the lost missions are that like the, that two parter with Mace Windu. I love those episodes. I love yeah. Jar Jar. I do not, I can't stand him in this two parter. Um, yeah. and I also can't stand the other, uh, Peppy bow. Oh, yeah. I just hate it. <laughs> um, you know, about as far as Ahmed best, I wonder if he, you know, we got BJ Hughes because of the stuff you talked about, about him going through all yeah. that stuff. I wonder if he just said, no, I'm not doing it anymore. But, but the weird thing is that he did the first episode. He did the Jar-Jar. first one. That's what I was just thinking. I go, wait a minute. Didn't he do the, fr-? yeah. Then yeah. He it's, it is a very weird back. thing, but yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like that is one of the star Wars interviews that I would love to do. There's not a lot of, like when I think about like, Oh, I, you know, I, so many of these other shows get, get these great interviews and stuff like that. And, and I love listening to interviews. Um, and I would like to think that I could do it, but I know like, that's not really as a podcast. It's not, it's just not really something that I, that I go after. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. but if we had the opportunity, we would do more of it, but it's not something that like, I'm going to seek out, but that's one that, that I feel like I would love to at like a star Wars celebration or something like that, sit down with Ahmed best and really talk to him about that character and his impact and, uh, and, and how he feels about it now, 20 years later, um, mm-hmm. almost 20 years. I, uh, and really just like kind of get into it with them and have a candid conversation. It would be so interesting to sort of pop the hood on that character and, and learn about how he came into being. Um, and, and, you know, like what the process was working with George Lucas and, and then, you know, like at any point during the movie, did you, were you thinking like, Oh, maybe we're going a little bit too far here with the poodoo jokes or, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, was there mm-hmm. a sense of that or were you just like so immersed in the performance and the technical part of it that you just like, it didn't even occur to anybody. We might be going a little bit too broad with this humor in places. Cause then when they pull it back in attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith, the character is fine. Like there's nothing offensive yeah. about the character. No, no, it's mm-hmm. just, there's like three jokes in the Phantom Menace that I find kind of just just take me out of the movie, and it's when he steps in the poop. Uh, right. It's when the Eopi farts and he goes, "Oh, Piusa," and yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, the the tongue thing at the table kind of bothers me, although it it does 
serve a purpose because it like it is it does narratively move the story forward because they're talking about like anakin racing pods and only a jedi has reflexes fast enough for that and then um and then jar jar throws his tongue out and qui-gon grabs it and goes if you do that again like sort of thing um so i don't know but i just talked myself out of it that seems fine uh yeah and then maybe just a little bit of the 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 uh, chaplain uh, uh, battle droid stuff is it gets it gets to be a little bit much but mm-hmm. it's also like I don't know there's a charm to that character as well so I it's I'm so torn I was 13 year old years old when I saw that movie which mm-hmm. I feel like if you were 12 or under you love Jar Jar no questions asked if you were 14 or older you were like Jar Jar's the dumbest thing in the world and I think if you were 13 like I was you're like I don't know how to feel about this character from scene to scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Anyways, sure. in this, you know, I, he's very annoying all the way through. So, yeah, that's what, that's what it comes back to is in these episodes. It's just, it's just kind of rough. And, mm-hmm. and I'll just say like you mentioned, um, you contact, you kind of throw something out on Twitter as far as, um, yeah. I'm best. And I did, I did the same thing. I, I go, dude, you show up to celebration. You're going to, f- you'll feel some love. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. um, yeah, Boo Shadow Rivals, you know, back to Naboo um, or, or on Naboo here. I think, I believe, the first time in the series that we've seen Naboo, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Padme, Jar Jar, Captain Typho's there, uh, Queen Nietzsche, Um And they're, por- they're performing this kind of droid autopsy type thing. It's kind of crazy with this blinded tactical droid. Yeah. Um, and they trick it. They do the trick thing and um, they get some information. And I just wonder, like, um, this secret lab that's on Naboo here yeah. must have been planted back around the episode one time, right? When the trade Federation occupied Naboo for the first time uh, in, in episode one, I'm assuming that's when they built the secret lab. Yeah. Kind of, kind of some backstory there. It's just what I'm thinking. So, and you know, you know, it's funny as you're right. I wrote this down about Padme, her asking for, An- she kind of asked for Anakin and Obi-Wan. And uh, on one point they do have, kind of some relations with the Gungans, so I get the Obi-Wan thing. But it's just kind of funny that, you know, Padme always wants uh always wants Anakin around and, and like you yeah. said, it, it's it's uh more than once in these episodes you'll get kind of that vibe there. So uh, anyway, out in the Naboo Plains, a uh, shack wrangler named Peppy Bo leads her heart, uh, herd to a river to drink. The shacks at the seam suddenly collapse and die. Bo is distressed. The river has been poisoned. A Nubu, uh, Naboo scout carrier sets down near the uh, river, near the dead shacks. Padman and Jar Jar emerge in full biohazard suits and examine the dead animals. Uh, Peppy, unaware of their intentions, attacks them with her electropole. Uh, after making clear their peaceful intentions, Padme learns from Peppy that whatever killed uh, her shacks isn't airborne. The poison uh, is in the water. Uh, searching the eastern swamps, Padme and Jar Jar are captured by battle droids and led into the underground laboratory where they are confronted by the diabolical Dr. Nuvo Vindi. He stands before a shielded cabinet filled with the infamous Blue Shadow Virus, <laughs> a deadly plague wiped from the galaxy yes. generations ago. Uh, a Republic gunship lands at the at Theed Palace and Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ahsoka... And Anakin Skywalker. Why is Ahsoka in the official description just Ahsoka? Just Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano, please. Yeah. Come on, people. <laughs> and Anakin Skywalker emerge. Uh, they are met by uh, Captain Typho, who reports that 
Padme has gone missing in the swamps and that a geoscan of her last coordinates revealed a vast underground laboratory. I love what you said earlier, the idea that this lab was built during the time of episode one, because we're talking Mm -hmm. about at this point now, we're talking about like 10 years ago, right? Yeah. So like, there's a lot of time that passes between episode one and, and this far into the clone wars. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love that idea that they've been on Naboo and, uh, uh, this presence of, of battle droids has been there since that time, just sort of like, I, I biding their time and, and plotting. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's totally something that I would see Palpatine doing for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, we're introduced to uh Vindy here, which is kind of like the mustache twirling villain that you've heard so much about. Oh yeah. And, He's totally you know, like that like the Nazi uh, yeah, uh mad exactly. scientist type character. Exactly. Yeah. He's talking about, you know, perfecting this um virus that uh wiped out that was wiped out from the galaxy a while ago and yeah. he's kind of turned this liquid strain into it's he can do, go airborne. And, uh, you know, it's, that's, this is crazy. I mean, this is some serious biological warfare that, uh, mm-hmm. that they're talking about here. So this is, um, this is some crazy stuff, man. It can, it's pretty nasty, uh, pretty nasty stuff. We'll see what happens with them. Um, let's see. We are, uh, with the help of Peppy Bo. Oh, okay. There we go. With the help of Peppy Bo, Ahsoka locates the lab's south entrance. Anakin orders her to detonate charges at the entrance to serve as a distraction while he and Obi-Wan secretly enter the lab through hidden hatches, clone troopers led by Captain Rex repel from their gunship into the breach that Ahsoka has made. She joins them. The other two gunships drop thermal detonators at the other hatches. Kenobi leaps into one while Anakin jumps into another. Uh, Anakin leads his troops into the laboratory, finding Vindy. He's got Padme and Jar Jar tied to an electric terminal and offers the Jedi a choice. Capture him or save his friends. Vindy flips the switch on the electric terminal as he makes a dash for an escape tunnel. Anakin acts quickly to save Padme and Jar Jar, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Anakin finds Dr. Vindy's secret hangar and cuts through his battle droid guards. To distract Anakin, Vindy throws a vial of the virus out the blast door. Anakin leaps to catch it while Vindy shuts the door behind the Jedi. I wonder if uh, Padme weren't there. If mm-hmm. Anakin would have gone for Vindy instead of saving Jar Jar, if he would have just kind of like been like, I'll save Jar Jar in a second. I'm going to get this guy. Um, but yeah. obviously where Padme's involved, his uh, his judgment is clouded. Yeah, definitely. And I just wonder, like, you know, it's, it's sometimes you think like, why didn't he use the force? He didn't have to like go <laughs> run after it. You know what I mean? It like, is so weird. You forget the about rules your powers? around that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you forget on, you man. have the force? You're a Jedi. Yeah, I, let's, yeah come on. But yeah, Anakin, again, he shows his cards a little bit with his comments on uh, Padme and her safety. Uh, but the greater threat, obviously, is this virus in this, like yeah. I said, this biological warfare they're doing. But yeah, it's just kind of those things you look at and you go, hey, you didn't really have to run after that. But hey, whatever. You know, sometimes you forget in the heat of the moment, maybe, of the battle, you forget to use your stuff there. Uh, Padme comes uh, or corners Vindy's assistant droid uh, who stole away one of the plague-laden explosives. Jar Jar tackles it, dropping the bomb, which Padme catches. She radios her success to Ahsoka, who dispatches the bomb squad to Padme's location. Anakin and Obi-Wan cut their way into the hangar bay as Vindy drops a trio of vials from his rising platform, forcing Kenobi to break pursuit to catch them and make sure they don't break. Uh, go ahead, Mike. I'm going to finish yeah. up. And- 
The hangar launch chute opens, streaming daylight into the hangar. Anakin leaps to the top of the platform and holds his blade at Vindy. Once more, he tries to drop a vial, but he is tackled by Peppy, who knocks him down with her electropole. Vindy cackles with glee because his time bombs are ready to erupt, but there's no explosion. The clone troopers have deactivated all the bombs. And this was the first time we saw the bomb squad troopers, um, which there's oh, that's some, say. some yeah. special stuff uh, in their yeah. in their gear, which was very cool. That was what yeah. I, the, I think when I it's so funny as I watch rewatch these episodes and we record these these recaps. Um, I get like like flashbacks to talking about them the first time ten years ago. Oh, I do. <laughs> and I can remember being like, I didn't like this episode, but those bomb troopers were pretty cool. Uh, and that's I feel the same way ten years later. So, yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, is that a bomb disposal unit? They have like yeah. these special clones that are brought in to defuse these these virus bombs. So it's like, yeah, that's pretty they've cool. got orange caution uh, yeah. uh, markings on their uh, uh, armor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And Vindy, and Vindy, as far as this closing out this episode, mm-hmm. he's perfectly willing to kill everything with this virus, and and not including himself. Like he's one of these guys that, like you said, this mad scientist guy. Like, like he doesn't even care if he gets killed. It's like yeah. he's got the purpose of of doing it. So that's kind of how we we finish up with um with a. Uh, Blue Shadow Virus. So we get into Mystery of a Thousand Moons. Jesse Yeh is the director, written by Brian Larson. A single chance is a galaxy of hope. So uh, as Anakin and Obi-Wan load a cuffed Dr. Vindy into a shuttle bound for feed, the scientist assistant droid makes off with one last vial of the virus, successfully detonating it in the underground lab. Emergency bulkheads begin slamming shut, and Captain Rex and his clones race to make it to a safe room, but it seems too late. Ahsoka uses the force to hold the doors open long enough for the clones and her to jump through. Uh, elsewhere, Padme and Jar Jar are secure in another safe room and within their hazard suits. Padme is determined to stop any remaining battle droids from leaving the lab, which would release the virus into the open. In Ahsoka's safe room, the clones discover that some of the virus has made it past the sealing doors. They have all been exposed to the contaminant. Rex is still determined to stop any droids from leaving the compound, even if it's the last thing he does. Uh, one of the things that I love about this moment is Rex has his helmet on. Uh, the trooper next to him has his helmet on. Obviously, Ahsoka doesn't have one. but um, And we assume that the other troopers had their helmets on at the time when they sealed the room off. Um, and you would think, like, oh, well, they've got their helmets on. It's going to filter out the virus, right? Mm-hmm. But as we know from the Force Awakens, which wouldn't come out for several yeah. years after this, um, stormtrooper helmets, uh, first order stormtrooper helmets, which you would imagine are much more advanced than even the clone trooper helmets were, filter out, only filter out smoke, not toxins. Right. right. So yeah. there's a there's a moment watching this now after having seen the Force Awakens where I s- sort of went. I bet you anything that when they were writing that, I that somebody thought about it that like like Lawrence Kasdan thought about it, and somebody like like called up Pablo or or uh, walked over to the uh, walked over to Pablo's office or said, "Hey, come here," and said, "I, hey, do um, do stormtrooper are stormtrooper masks like gas masks?" Hmm. To which he was like, "I." 
let me take a look. Oh, let me think. Or he was immediately like, well, in the Clone Wars, the Clone right. Trooper helmets didn't filter out the blue shadow virus. Therefore, right. So there's like <laughs> a there's a cool consistency yeah. there. That yeah, um, definitely. I it like it almost like it reverse sets up that moment in the Force Awakens, and uh, I love it when Star Wars does that, and it does that on the bigger things a lot but i love it when it does it on a small thing like the ability of a trooper helmet to filter out a virus right right? um yeah i just i that that was just a little thing that i noticed i don't know if anybody else cared (laughs) yeah that's uh kudos to the uh the team over there like him and you know leland chi and those other guys that are just you know gurus as far as knowing every single thing that's going on and be able to you know connect the dots like that is crazy you know and and here's vindy um of course like i said he's in custody with anakin here and anakin goes a little bad cop and he he kind of holds his lightsaber to vindy and, and and he's just created this virus and he and he has no intention here's another thing he has no intention of curing this thing he i think he even says in the episode like yeah i created it but i didn't create any cure for it it just mm-hmm. here it is you know and so it's like uh-oh, uh-oh what do we do now yeah so uh Obviously, what they have to do is they have to find this cure, and, and then that's where we get into uh, the next step here. Back at the Captain Typho has been researching the first outbreak of blue shadow virus and has found a possible antidote in a historical archive, a little-known extract made from Rixa root, a vine found on Aiego, uh, world, world of a Thousand Moons. Anakin and Obi-Wan will venture into separatist-controlled space to retrieve the root. The twilight arrives at Diego and it weaves its way through a de- dense debris field surrounding the planet before landing at the spaceport city of Cliffhold amid the basilic spires of Diego's spaceport. A strange collection of battle droids greet the twilight. Anakin impulsively charges into the horde and cuts down several before he realizes <laughs> they are no threat. That was kind of funny, you know, and it, it, Obi-Wan comes out and goes, hey, what are you doing? You, you just... You know, congratulations, 17. Yeah. You yeah. successfully, uh, like I, yeah, <laughs> sliced up 17 battle droids without getting a scratch. Yeah. Um, and he's defenseless. like, no, it's 18. Yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah. Here, separate, and it's, here's another thing that I kind of underlined separatist controlled um, Diego here. So yeah. I, I didn't realize that the first time. I was like, oh, okay. The second time I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize it was separatist controlled. So, Kind of sets up everything that's going on on this planet here. Um, yeah, here yeah, no, no. Uh, they, yeah, just that they were they were deep in in separatist space, and I, I, this the character that's introduced in a second, Jabo, is uh, was always a very interesting character to me. Um, mm. Felt almost like a bit of a do over on Anakin. Oh. Um, because yeah. this is because if you remember back to that, his his design was actually taken from the uh, the the concept art from episode one that was done mm-hmm. before Jake Lloyd was cast where I, and that's what Anakin was going to look like. That's kind of what they were, they were. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll continue here. Okay. Uh, the droids have been reprogrammed by J Bo hood, a 10 year old kid who commandeered a warehouse full of inactive droids left behind by the separatists. J Bo instructs Anakin and Obi-Wan to climb down to the lower Canyon floors to find the route. There, Skywalker pulls the spade from his backpack and begins digging for a root. The reeks of vines start writhing, revealing themselves to be enormous, ravenous, carnivorous plants with sharpened spikes for teeth and deadly thorns along their length. 
The plants begin snapping at the Jedi, but Anakin secures the root quickly enough for them to retreat back to the cliff face. Um, it's cool. Some cool moments in here. Um, and so uh, like, kind of flying by the seat of their pants, uh, making it yeah. up as they go. But, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I kind of, I wrote down, like, it seems like these were uh, like the Venus flytrap of the Star Wars universe as, as yeah. far as attacking Anakinoba. It's kind of funny to see that. And, and when they arrive on this planet here, um, as they come in, you see the graveyard of all these blown up ships and you see like a body floating. I don't know if you noticed that there was a body yeah. floating as they kind of, kind of floated past them. Um, but also before that, too, we talked earlier about how Anakin, he's always, you know, him and Padme have this, they're trying to keep things secret, but it's hard to, you know, when they're in love with each other, they have to be careful. And he calls, he calls Padme, Padme at one point, and then he, then he corrects himself mm-hmm. and he says, oh, Senator Almodala. So there's just these little, these little hints and, and you see Obi-Wan kind of stop him for a minute. Like, you know, he's done this before and the attack of the clones where he just gets crazy about, you know, about what she's doing. So it's, it's kind of. I kind of like when they sprinkle that kind of thing in there, kind of consistency yeah. with, with the character. So um, with the root in hand, uh, the Jedi board the Twilight and fly the spice freighter up to the debris field. Suddenly, laser beams begin lancing forth from the rock uh, from the, some of the rocks, forming a web of deadly energy. Kenobi surmises that the Separatists have installed the laser field to keep anyone from leaving Iago. Obi-Wan recruits Jabo to detonate or to donate a number of rom- remote-controlled Vulture droids in a bid to escape the laser web. R2-D2 uh, will control the Vulture droids as a distraction for the laser field, while the Twilight targets the web's primary uh, primary node. So they talk about the residents of Aegon might have, they believe that there's a curse of the droll. Yeah. Uh, they're responsible for the destruction of any ship trying to leave the planet, of course, the Jedi are skeptical, and they discover it's actually a, a prototype, like almost super weapon. You know, it almost looked like uh, like the Death Star dish. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, did you notice that? Yeah. That's, so they're kind of like maybe the beginnings of that kind of thing. It's kind of interesting to see that. Um, one of the things I did like, though, there's kind of a bit of comedy in here. Um, Anakin goes uh, roughly in this area. He goes, um, it's talking about the the droll stuff. Mm-hmm. He goes, that's a load of, sh-. and then Obi-Wan goes, superstition? And Anakin goes, well, that's one word for it. So it's kind of <laughs> like we yeah. all think, oh, you know, he's going to cuss there. It's kind of funny to, to kind of see that kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, we'll get into one other great kind of throwback too in a second. Mike, you want to yeah, uh, sure. continue here? Uh, yeah, on Naboo, Padme does what she can to alleviate the suffering of the infected clones. Ahsoka collapses, overcome by the virus. The Jedi execute their plan as the twilight opens fire on the primary node. Uh, sorry, as the twilight opens a fire on the primary node, a chain reaction erupts as the laser web unbalances and emitters overload, sparking a series of explosions which cause the web to collapse. With no time to waste, the twilight leaps into hyperspace en route to Naboo. I'll just finish it out here. On Naboo, Anakin and Obi-Wan take a gunship into the eastern swamps where medical droids are tending to the infected. The virus has been neutralized, and those affected, including Padme, Ahsoka, and Rex, will make a full recovery. So um, I just want to mention, too, like young Anakin mentioned the angels of um, Iego and the Phantom Menace. Uh, of yeah. course, and here one of them gives Anakin and Obi-Wan a key to the location of the weapons uh, control node. So we actually get to see like what Anakin was talking about and how he talks. He thought Padme was this. 
Uh, so it was really cool to see these little angels. And, and as far as I know, that's the only time we've ever seen these quote unquote angels of the egg. I don't know if you've ever seen them anywhere else, Mike. I, I can't think of anything. No, right? I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's the only time. Yeah. And there was a, a moment where Padme appeared like she was close to saying, uh, I love you to Anakin via the comm link. Um, but she was kind of cut off. And it's just, you know, Ahsoka was standing there and, and she would have heard that. And, you know, who knows what would have happened beyond that. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, again, these little these little hints there. And they're trying to so trying so hard to keep this thing secret. But like we've talked about before, we think that Anakin or uh, Obi-Wan and, and possibly even Ahsoka obviously know um sooner or later here what's going on between those two but yeah uh, well i mean from forces of destiny we have a confirmation oh, that ahsoka figures right. it out right that's but, right um man. and yeah. I, i've always been of the opinion that in revenge of the sith obi-wan knows and there's some yeah, stuff later definitely. in clone wars that kind of points to that as well it's good but yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's uh that's the two-parter um you know like we talked about earlier it's just one of those where like yeah you probably not a lot there to uh, on these episodes. No, it um, couple, is a couple interesting things, you know, but straightforward. Overall, yeah. Yeah. Overall. But uh, you know what we forgot to mention, too? And and I'll just say it now. And maybe you can talk about it when we talk about um, next week. But a kind of a programming note, um, as you're listening to this, it's only Wednesday. So there, there's a possibility we might get a trailer for Star Wars Resistance tomorrow. Um, yep. If that happens, I think, Mike, we've. Might try to jump on real quick and just do a quick reaction. We'll see what happens. I guess yeah. it's all depending on what happens tomorrow. But anyway, if you're listening um, to this, we might have already done a reaction. So kind of keep an eye on that. But we'll uh, obviously alert everybody on the interwebs if that does happen. So anyway, um, that's it for uh, as far as this week. Uh, yeah, Mike, what's going on next week? What are we doing next week? Our penultimate episode of uh, Clone Wars Special Edition for season one. Uh, so we've got uh, uh, one of the fan favorites here, uh, the Ryloth trilogy. Storm over Ryloth, Ahsoka disobeys Anakin's orders and loses most of her squadron, prompting Anakin to help give his Padawan a lesson in a respect for authority and the opportunity for redemption. Uh, innocence of Ryloth to sabotage a powerful Separatist weapon, Obi-Wan and a small clone force enter an occupied town and discover that its residents are being used as a living shield. We get uh, introduced to um, to a couple of uh, fan-favorite clone troopers in that episode. Uh, and then Liberty on Ryloth. Uh, with his forces stretched thin, Mace Windu must convince Twi'lek freedom fighter Cham Syndulla to help him save the capital city from the droid's destruction. Uh, and so that's the introduction of Cham Syndulla, father of yeah. Hera Syndulla. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so we will be watching these episodes with great interest. Um, yeah. Cool Big stuff coming next week. Uh, it's funny because we go from these episodes, which like I, I was saying before we started recording, Blue Shadow Virus, one of my least favorite episodes um, of the series, least favorite episode of season one for sure. But now we're going into three really stellar episodes, three really really good episodes, and of course we'll finish the following week with uh, with one of the best episodes of season one. Of my one. favorites, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, but that's it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news, like you know that Resistance trailer that I am almost certain has dropped by the time you're listening to this. Um, I'll be I'd be very surprised if I'm wrong. Um, but you can stay up to date with all the latest news by heading to rebelcells.com. 
You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rebels Podcast, and on Twitter at Rebels Podcast. I am at ArcWolf on Twitter. That's A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And Matt is at The Crankster. That's a Crankster with a K. Uh, and, of course, you guys know we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. Uh, you know, maybe some Star Wars Society continues, maybe some Quiver the Green Arrow podcast. You go check out all that stuff at thunderquack.com. And if you want to support us, you can do that in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to purchase some merchandise, like a t-shirt or maybe a, a wall clock or a scarf. Or There's all sorts of stuff over there, store.thunderquack.com. Or uh, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and chipping in over there. Uh, Patreon is a monthly subscription service uh, where you pledge your support uh, and uh, every month uh, you'll get some cool rewards in return. So uh, that is it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll be back next week with Storm Over Ryloth, Innocence of Ryloth, and Liberty of Ryloth. See you next week.